When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Let's do this. It is training camp time, and we have our very first training camp breakdown. The very first practice is done and over with, and I will be bringing you the updates that's going on with there. And then also I'm going to be bringing, uh, continuing our breakdown of the running back position, who's in, who's out, what to expect from Jarek McKinnon this year. And we're going to even get into deep detail and talk about the dogfight, man, that is going to be going down all preseason and training camp with that third running back spot. It is uh, it's going to be dirty. I ain't going to lie. So let's just jump right into it. This might be a little bit longer episode just because there's so much stuff to talk about. And I'm pretty damn excited, to be honest with you. So right off the bat, the training camp, man, uh, the pup slash active people. And so the pup active list is a little bit different than the pup during the season list. Preseason pup means you can be activated at any time. Literally, if you miss one to two practices, you can be placed on the pup. And once we, after we do the 53-man cut down after the last preseason game, then if you get placed on the pup, you have to miss the first six games of the season. So I hate that they use that same name, and it means two completely different things at different times of the year. So, th- so we only had four players that were placed on the pup or held out, and that was Trent Taylor, Malcolm Smith, and Jonathan Cooper, Dakota Watson as well. So we have those four guys. Malcolm Smith really just sat out a day. So that again, this just kind of shows you what the pup is. Trent Taylor with his back issue, that's the biggest question mark. We are not quite sure how long Trent Taylor is going to be out. And the great news is Dante Pettis signed his contract Wednesday night, literally hours before the first training camp practice started. So he is going to be able to get all those snaps in the slot. And again, for all those people that said, man, why did we trade up and give up all this capital for a receiver? We don't need a receiver. This just shows you. <laughs> we one guy goes down we actually have depth now on the inside and outside and we can just keep moving without missing a beat uh Jonathan Cooper they had him on the side they have the gigantic timber trees like obstacle course built and basically until he passes his conditioning or gets off of the pup list he has to bear crawl across these basically horizontal telephone slash timber poles um, it, it looked awful. So I expect Jonathan Cooper to be cleared pretty damn soon because that looked absolutely terrible. 
Here we go. Let's talk about things that actually happened in training camp. And probably the best news for 49ers fans, Richard Sherman cleared his medical checks, which if you, if you go back and if you remember whenever the contract details came out, the three-year, $39 million deal, and everybody was like, what? You got to be kidding me. This is way too much money. Well, Richard Sherman bet on himself in every single facet, including this health risk. It has only been nine months since he tore his Achilles, and usually it takes a year plus to get to this point to where you're cleared. Well, he's, and again, remember, Richard Sherman uh, negotiated his own contract, and he bet and risked everything on himself, and he said, I want a $2 million incentive that I will pass the medical check by training camp. And if I do, I want $2 million. Well, this was the very first qualifier. And sure enough, man, that guy is ballsy and bet on himself, and he was cleared. So congratulations to him. I hope he hits every qualifier and gets every penny of that. Dante Pettis, we talked about, came back. He looked awesome in individual drills. There's a couple videos out there of him snagging some awesome plays up in the air, jumping grabs and all that stuff. However, when 7-on-7 and team ball started, and I'll continue talking. Basically, training camp and or practice is usually divided up into three phases. There's indie drills or individual drills where you're just working with wide receivers or just working with the quarterbacks, kind of playing against air. Then there's 7-on-7 where you remove the offense and defensive line, and that's much more of just working on passing game. Then there's full team drills, and that's where it's 11-on-11, so on and so forth. Now, while 7-on-7 is going on, which is you know safeties, corners, outside backers, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, there's inside drills going on as well, which is offensive line versus defensive line, and usually you'll send like your QB running backs 1 to 7-on-7, and QBs running backs 2 to 7-on-7 or inside vice versa, and then you switch them. So that way everybody's getting kind of work. So these are the things we're going to be breaking down. Now, inside drills, you don't really care too much about whenever they don't have pads on. It's just really, it's more technique and just preparation. Now, Dante Pettis, having said all those things, had a pretty bad day. Individual drills, he looks the part, man, makes some awesome catches. When they went 7-on-7 and team, he had a couple of drops. Also, fellow rookie, third rounder, Tarvarius Moore, ripped the ball out of his hands during team drills for an interception. It might have been an incompletion, but we'll give it to Tavarius Moore. He was all over the field. He had two gigantic plays, which was legit. And it, it kind of summarized the first practice overall. The defense definitely domin- dominated day one, which is very normal. Uh, anytime you come out and start practice the defense is always ahead because the defense is a little bit more reactionary whereas the offense is still installing you got new guys uh, it's very vanilla whenever you start day one and even if you know Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back for a second year it doesn't matter you have new guys in and you're trying to get everybody on the same page so every year I ever coach the defense always has an advantage early on And as the season goes on, the offense totally gets the advantage as things go on. So Jimmy G was okay. He went four for nine in full team drills. And all three of his biggest pass plays went to, guess who? Uh, Flash Goodwin out there. (laughs) Marquise Goodwin. The three biggest plays of the day were to him. Uh, The next two largest plays went to Jarek McKinnon. Uh, He made a couple huge runs off the edge and even had a couple big pass plays. Once he gets in space, again, 
he is designed to look good in shirt and shorts. We will just have to hope this continues. Uh, on the defensive side, not a lot stood out, but man, the rookies that stood out. Fred Warner looked awesome in seven on seven. He just looks great in coverage. Uh, he seems like he knows exactly where he is in his athleticism and basically knowledge of where he's supposed to be shows play in and play out. Pretty excited about him. And then again, Tarvarius Moore. His athleticism is unreal. His footwork and his technique is beyond sloppy. But whenever it just becomes go play football, he shines. So this was a great start. And practice one is under the belts. And so hopefully we will continue with this. And I will continue bringing all of those things to you. But now let's jump over and let's focus on running backs and fullbacks for that matter or offensive weapons, however you want to call use check. But here we go. Last year, the 49ers kept four running backs slash fullbacks, and this is going to be the case again this year. Now, understand the first three are locks, and I'll, I'll go through and break down each one of them, and then after we finish with the locks, the locks are Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida, Kyle Juszczyk. Those guys, they're in. They're not going anywhere. Now, the last spot, however, is unreal, and that is between Raheem Mostert, Joe Williams and Jeremy McNichols. So we're going to break down the locks first and contracts and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll get into who I think, and I'll give you percentages actually for who I think is going to be on that final 53 man roster. So let's start with the man of the hour, Jet Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he's still really young, 26 years old, five foot nine, 205 pounds, third rounder. The Vikings picked him up out of Georgia Southern. Uh, you're going to hear that name again today. We actually are RB1 and RB2 are out of Georgia Southern, the Fighting Bulldogs, man. That, that's that's an interesting program. I, I used to love watching their film when they did the triple option, very similar to Georgia Tech, but they have since changed coaching staff and got rid of that, which just breaks my football heart. But anyway, so last year, Jarek McKinnon had a pretty solid year. He didn't really get any playing time the first four games for the Vikings until Dalvin Cook's injury happened. Once he got hurt, they basically split up his carries between Jarek and Latavius Murray. But still, um, you know, Jarek McKinnon comes in, he had 200 touches for 991 yards. So that's total touches, not rushes. If you combine all of those things, he only had, let me see here, 150 rushes for 570 yards, and he had 51 receptions. Now, his snaps were high, though. He he was always in on passing situations, obviously, but what people don't understand about Jarek McKinnon is he's a hell of a blocker. Very, very good blocking, and I just, I'll change my pinned tweet on Twitter to a audio video breakdown where I break down several plays of just him pass protecting and why he's so good at it. But the best thing that he does is he blocks with his feet and with effort. And he doesn't wait to catch. He attacks the defender that is blitzing or if he's helping out the offensive lineman. And it shows playing and play out. He is He's a beast. He had 597 snaps total, which was 12th most for the running backs. That number is going to go up big time. Carlos Hyde last year was 4th in the entire NFL for snaps at the running back position. So let's see here. There's basically a 200 snap increase from what Jarek McKinnon got last year versus Carlos Hyde. So he's going to be jumping up in there. And he's very durable, as I said. He's only had one injury in his career, and that was an ankle issue. And he actually came back and finished the game 
that he got hurt in, but then he missed the next week due to swelling and all those things, just precautionary, whatever. But he was right back after that. So very, very tough guy. PFF graded him as the number eight overall running back. He was graded positive in every single category, pass pro, receiving, rushing, run blocking, everything, which it's hard to think of how many times he would be run blocking, but but whatever. Uh, it just shows he is a very well-rounded back, and there's not a lot of weaknesses in his game. My biggest critique of him is he does go down on first contact and arm tackles a lot. He is a space player, so whenever he gets out in space and can glide with his freak athleticism, then that's whenever he is special. So if Kyle Shanahan is as advertised, which we all think he is, then there, there's going to be some pretty good, fun <laughs> highlight reels coming this year. Now, he's not a huge yards per carry guy. His four-year totals are this. His rookie year, 4.8 yards per carry, then 5.2, and then it started to dip, and as did the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, 3.4 his junior year or third year, and then 3.8 last year. So he's getting close to that four yards per carry. That's going to have to be better than that if he's going to be worth what we paid him. So let's see here. Let's talk about his athletic numbers again. He is a freak. He ran a 4.41 40-yard dash and has a 40-inch vertical. If you haven't seen the video of him working out in the gym that started circulating the internet about two weeks ago, the guy, I mean, he is insane. He looks like Adrian Peterson bodybuild, like his muscle definition. The guy is just ripped out of his mind. His catch percentage is beyond great. The last three seasons, uh, 72% catch percentage, 81%, and 75%. So that's about a 15% jump from Carlos Hyde, who led the NFL in drop passes from the running back position last year. That's not going to happen with Jet. So he, he's, he's going to get a lot of, lot of receptions because we can rely on him. And if yesterday was any indication, you know, I didn't keep track of targets, but it really felt like as I was watching practice that... He he basically had, when Jimmy G and Jarek McKinnon were in at the same time, I would be willing to say that Jarek McKinnon's targets equaled everybody else's targets. They were throwing him the ball a ridiculous amount. He's fumbled three times in four years his entire career. And for you fantasy people out there, he finished as the running back 17 in PPR last year despite not even playing in the first four weeks or being really actively involved. In my 2018 projections, now these are, I tried really hard to take off my rose-colored glasses for this, and these are the minimum projections if he plays full 16 games. Minimum, okay? So this is his floor. 180 rushing rushing attempts for 756 yards and four touchdowns. Receiving, 95 Targets for 71 receptions, 572 yards, and four touchdowns. And the way that I figured these numbers, I took all of his career stats, boiled them down between yards per game, yards per attempt, yards per carry, yards per target, and kind of extrapolated that into the numbers that the Kyle Shanahan offense did last year. And this is what I came up with. And I used the bottom numbers for everything. So that would basically bring him up to about 1,300 yards, total yards, and eight touchdowns, which, man... That would have made him the RB8 last year in fantasy. So if that is, if you're one of their, go get him, man. That guy, he's he's going to produce. His contract, which brought about some criticism, is actually pretty legit. 
It's a four-year, $30 million deal, but it's so front-loaded. We, again, had so much cap room. We did the same thing with Jimmy G. We just loaded all of these contracts up front. So he's making $10.5 million this year. However, we can cut him at any point after this year, and it's only about half a million guaranteed per year. So uh, not that I'm saying we can cut him. I'm just saying we have financial independence from this player in the future just in case something doesn't work out. 2019, he counts $4.5 million against the cap if we keep him. Again, we can cut him and we get $4 million of that back. 2020, 7.3. 7.7. And all three of those years are the exact same. We are only on the hook for about half a million dollars per year. So again, if he is cut, uh, if... If it just doesn't work out, it's not going to cost us anything. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but I I love the way this guy plays. And this is the first time we have not seen this type of back in a Kyle Shanahan-type offense. This is it. This is the first time. You can maybe say Tevin Coleman, but again, they are different people. So in different playing styles and all that stuff, this is the first time we have a truly elite receiving back slash kind of like a Christian McCaffrey type guy in a Kyle Shanahan system. So so who knows? Now let's jump off to our other Georgia Southern player, Matt Breida, 23 years old. He's 5'10", 190. He was an undrafted free agent last year. And man, he <laughs> came in trading camp and stole the show. Um, he, he was legit. Now, PFF had him last year, Pro Football Focus, as the number 38 running back, and his game got better as the season went on. He got better and better and better, and three of his best games were the five games when Jimmy Garoppolo showed up. He was the number two running back on run game grade alone. He is a one-cut runner that is always moving forward, and I think with the addition of Jarek McKinnon, Breida is going to be that kind of short yardage back because he can get you two to three yards on every play because he gets really small in the hole. He never stops his momentum and he doesn't waste time with side to side or lateral movements. He's a one guy. He's going to find a little seam, plant his foot, get behind his shoulders through the hole with both hands on the ball. And he is moving forward. He's not that huge home run threat. That's what Jarek McKinnon is. So even though he's smaller than Jarek McKinnon, his running style is not that again, if you go back to his college days, He was the the up-the-middle guy in the triple option. He was that first kind of read, and Jarek McKinnon was the second read where they would pitch it outside, and he would do his thing. But Matt Breida is a guy that just goes north and south. So Now, what's crazy again, this kind of doesn't fit his, his physicality, his size, but he actually was a terrible passing down back. He only caught 58% of his passes last year, and they kind of stopped throwing it to him. Um, just because you could tell that wasn't his forte. He, he is a North South runner. So his stats, he had 105 rushing attempts for 465 yards, two touchdowns rushing. He had 4.4 yards per carry last year, which was over a half yard more than Carlos Hyde had, which is impressive. Now, again, we talk about his catch percentage, 36 targets. He only caught 21 of those for 180 yards and one touchdown. The last two games of the season were lights out. He averaged 93 total yards in each one of those last two games. And he finishes the running back number 47 in PPR scoring for fantasy. And this is my 2018 projection. I got him getting a lot of touches. Pretty close to 200 total touches. 
145 rushing attempts for 609 yards and three touchdowns and passing 55 targets. I'm, I think he's going to improve in this area for 34 receptions, 272 yards and one touchdown. That would finish him as the RB number 28 in fantasy. I really think that this guy's going to take a positive uptick. Now the contract we have him for two years and he's half a million. He is basically free as an undrafted free agent. He didn't get the four-year deal. He's got he got the three-year deal. So man, Matt Breida, super excited to have that guy. He's gonna be around for a while. Now, let's go to our offensive weapon. Man, straight out of the Harvard Crimson Beast football program, we have Kyle Juszczyk, or Juice as I like to call him because his name is his name's interesting to say the least. I like it. 27 years old, 6 foot 1, 240 pounds. He was a fourth round pick by the Ravens, again out of Harvard, which I mean, that's insane. Uh, he was a pro bowler last year and one of the few pro bowlers that we had. But his offensive numbers were very, very low. Most people, if you had to guess how many carries, just say this in your head, how many carries do you think Juszczyk got last year? Okay, you answer the question. The correct answer is seven. (laughs) He only had seven rushes last year for 31 yards. He is not, people will keep, I keep hearing people saying, well, Kyle Juszczyk's going to be the goal line guy now that, no, absolutely not. That's not what he does. He is basically a tight end halfback, and whenever I say halfback, I mean that in the old traditional kind of offset wing um, (laughs) mindset where he is the literal halfback that gets outside and blocks or receives, and that's that's what he does. He did have 33 receptions for 315 yards and one touchdown. The five games that Jimmy started, if you carry out those 16 games, uh, he would have had 54 receptions for 624 yards. So, And we saw this with every 49er. Everybody's stats took a gigantic uptick as soon as Jimmy G stepped in. Uh, that's just what it was. And, and Garoppolo, he had the quote last year where he said, we got to get 44 on the field more. We need him on there. So anyway... That's where he is. His contract is interesting, to say the least. He signed a gigantic contract last year. Four years, $21 million for a fullback is pretty spicy. Now, in 2018, this year, he counts $4.4 million against the cap. But this is the last year of major guarantees. We're seeing this theme. This is what Parag does. Our financial guy, he front loads everything because we have space now so that we have independence in the future. 2019, he would cost almost $6 million against the cap, but $1 million of that is guaranteed. So if something doesn't work out, we can cut him, and we are saving $5 million the last year, 2020. He's almost $7 million, and again, only $1 million is guaranteed. So we could walk away from that at any point. So those are my three locks. Now these next three guys that I want to talk about, only one of them's going to make it. This is kind of <laughs> welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> Two, three men enter, one man leave. So it is between these three guys, Jeremy McNichols, uh, Raheem Mostert, and Joe Williams. And Raheem Mostert won it last year. And he didn't win it because of running back stuff. This is, this is going to be a competition that is going to take place outside of offense. And what I mean by that is special teams. So let's let's break down each one of these and kind of talk about what their strengths and weaknesses are and their percentages. Raheem Mostert, first off, he's the favorite. 26 years old. He's 5'10", 197 pounds. 
He was an undrafted free agent out of Purdue, and he has been on five separate teams' rosters. He's bounced around like crazy. Now, I have him at a 50% chance of winning this job. So he's the favorite out of these three. But the reason why he's a favorite has nothing to do with running the ball. He made the squad because he was a special teams ace. He is one of the best gunners in the league. The gunner is the outside position on punt team where um, they're the ones that sprint down the field and are usually there whenever the punt returner waves a fair catch. And he was almost, man, he almost made the Pro Bowl. He was leading in voting. He was the second or third spot, which to get in. He was the second spot before he got injured. And if he wouldn't have got hurt, I think that he had a decent shot at making the Pro Bowl. Now, he's nothing more than an emergency back on offense if somebody gets hurt. He only had six carries last year for 30 yards, but 204 special team snaps. And again, just, man, he sells out. There, there's nothing special about this guy. He is just, he, he's kind of like a Rudy Rudiger type, give everything you got. And he played 11 games for us before going on IR with an MCL injury. And his contract, this is the last year we have him under deal for 700000 Again, he's, he's kind of got that minimum deal, super, super cheap. Now, Jeremy McNichols, he's interesting because we didn't draft him. He was a rookie last year, and the Bucks selected him in the fifth round out of Boise State. He's 23 years old, five foot nine, 205 pounds. And if you did not, if you want to know about Jeremy McNichols, you need to go back and watch Hard Knocks last year because they were with the Bucks. And McNichols is a story in and of himself. He's like the nephew to Snoop Dogg, <laughs> and they video chat all the time and go over plays and all this stuff. But the problem was last year, he couldn't handle his passing down responsibilities, and he wasn't picking up the playbook very well and all these things. And the head coach, you, you just saw the head coach for Tampa Bay just get pissed off and just basically said, no, nope, get him out of here. Now, I have him at about a 25% chance at making this roster because here's the deal we brought him in immediately after he cleared waivers and we basically said look man we're going to put you straight on our practice squad but we brought him in after we already had joe williams after we already had Mostert and so there's something about this guy that we like and he's something that we want to pay attention to He's very, very flashy, and he could win that kind of goal line short yardage role over Brita. He, that's the one thing that he brings is he is stout. He's 5'9", 205, and he runs well. I went back and watched some of his college tape before training camp, and, man, he is a one-cut runner that runs hard as hell. It's just if he can get his head on straight and understand everything, he, he's got to find a role. And I think that's what it is. Now, the last guy we're going to talk about we know a lot about just because of last year. This is the banging on the table guy. Kyle Shanahan says, I have to have him. <laughs> Joe Williams, uh, 25 years old, 5'11", 210 pounds. He, last year, we, tra- we traded up to get him in the fourth round out of Utah. And I have him as a 25% chance to make this roster. And he's kind of, I don't think he's going to do it. He showed up last year out of shape. That was a big-time strike. He didn't play with insane effort, which you saw on film uh, with at Utah. And he even made some mistakes in pass pro. And he allowed an undrafted free agent, Matt Breida. Now, Matt Breida's great. 
but he allowed him to step into his role and just take it away from him, and he didn't seem to fight for it. And so we placed him on IR last year, which is kind of cheating. He wasn't really injured. He tweaked his ankle a little bit, but I guarantee you he would have played that next week. He finished the game. Um, but we put him on IR to save him. And basically what that means is we, this is my guess of what happened behind closed doors. Now this isn't official. This is my guess. They went to him and they said, Hey, we're going with the undrafted kid Brita. So here are your options. We can put you on IR and you can stay with us for this year, which means you'll still get the same contract. We'll honor all those things next year. You have another go at it, or we can cut you. If we cut you, you're going to go through waivers, and you're probably going to lose your contract, Okay, which means any team would just give you a minimum deal, so on and so forth. Basically, the exact same thing that we did to McNichols. And Joe Williams said, no, nah, just put me on IR. I'll take the money. I want to stay here type of a thing. So that's my version of what happened behind closed doors. Uh, we're going to say you're injured. You just got to go with it, whatever else. And it, it might have been an uh, ankle sprain. He might have been out for four weeks, so on and so forth. But this was a way that we could keep him as a 49er without affecting our 53-man. So his contract, super cheap. Again, these rookie deals are amazing. Uh, 600000 this year, 800000 2019, and gets up to 900000 in 2020. So that is the training camp and running back position broken down. We are going to just keep going, man. And we got more practices coming and can't wait to talk more about it with you guys. And just want to say thanks again, Faithful, and stay strong. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.